Hello, welcome back to Dropping Into Life Podcast, Episode 7. Today, I interview my friend Diana from work. We talk about her life in Peru and her transition to the United States as a teenager in American high school. We discuss her responsibilities as being a parental figure in the home and how that has shaped her into who she is today. Lastly, we talk about her upward mobility in the workplace and her goals for the future. Diana is a model of true hard work and determination to succeed. And before the podcast episode starts, I just want to say that there were some interruptions to the podcast recording. Uh, at one point, there were some people who were talking and the microphone picked up that um, while we were recording. Uh, we are recording in the library. That's where I record the podcast with my guests. Uh, that's what I've been doing for the past few, uh, for the past few episodes. So there was some background noise. And also, the podcast cut off at a certain time because I got a call. So, uh, But we finished out the podcast. The end is there. And you know this is Dropping Into Life Podcast. So enjoy Episode 7 of Dropping Into Life Podcast. Hello, welcome back to Dropping Into Life Podcast, Episode 7. This podcast with my next guest has been, you know, it's been, there's been a while, but finally we've, we've got her on the podcast. We planned this. No words alone. No words alone. We planned this and now she's finally here and I'm grateful. We're about to have a, an awesome podcast. Um, I first met her at work. We both work at the same country club, right? Yeah. Yes. And so I thought that based on what I've observed of her and how she carries herself, that she's a really uh, interesting person. And now that I've got to hear a little bit of her backstory, a tiny bit, I wanted to bring her on the podcast for her to explain it more and to share it with the audience. So, Diana, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Stephanie, for having me here. And yes. thank you for calling by my name, my Diana, not Diana. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm like trying, everybody. yes, definitely. I'm trying to call you by your name, exactly. Yeah. People ask me, oh, you know, is your name Stefano, Stefano? You know, when, when I'm serving, whatever. And by this time, I mean, it, I tell them whatever you want. And they, yeah. <laughs> because they say either way. But in Italian, it's Stefano, that's how you say it. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing with me. It's, in Spanish, it's Diana. And in English, Diana. It's a whole identity thing that I'm still fighting. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but of course, you know, you, I mean, that's the way to pronounce it, it should be. Uh, but anyways, okay, so let's get right down to it. Let's start this podcast. Okay. So, I want to start off with where you, where you uh, originally came from mm-hmm. and where part of your life was okay. uh, at the beginning. So, you're not originally from the United States, you're originally from Peru, right? Yes, correct. So, I want you to um, tell the audience uh, where, where you grew up, how was it like, and when you moved over to the U.S.? So growing up, I was uh, a child, I was the first child, oldest. Um, I have a younger brother who pretty much relies on me and, all, and everything. Um, my mom and my dad got divorced when, at a young age. Um, I, I'm from Lima, Peru. Uh, I had pretty much a set life, I think. And moving here, it was just like a whole new, I'm like, what do you mean we're going to the United States? I told my mom. I mean, I knew eventually it was going to happen because she has family here, and that's how it happened. Um, after my parents got divorced, it was easier for them, for my mom and my brother and I to move here. Um, but yeah, that's where I came from so far. Um, okay, okay. And Lima, that's a major city. Yeah, right? that's the capital. the capital. Yeah, yeah. Okay. the mm-hmm. capital. Okay, cool. I don't, maybe I'll try to go there one day. You oh, never know. That's so nice. Is it a cool place? I've never been there. I go every year. I like it. I like the food. Um, it's it's weird though, cause 
when I, when I moved here, I was 14, and I was tr- I was two weeks into turning 15. Actually, made nine years five days ago. Wow. It was been nine years since I got here. Wow. Okay. Um, I I don't know. I kind of missed it, but at the same time, I would I wouldn't go back because I kind of like got used to living here, you know, like okay. the organization and everything. Um, I go back once a year, like I said, to visit my dad. He's still there, and. Uh, I don't get used to it. I don't get used to the uh, the smell of the city. I don't get used to the people being so rude to everybody. I don't know, it's just like a whole different culture. And even when I go there, my friends tell me I have an accent in, in when I speak Spanish. Uh, when I'm here, I have an accent when I speak English. So that's kind of like, oh, I'm like, where do I belong? You know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah, it's a little, I can see that. It's a little off when I go back. Uh, they treat me like I'm a gringa or, and I try to act like, well, I don't try to act. I am Peruvian. Yeah, I mean, you said you moved in your teens, so yeah. I mean, you you had some life over there. Yes. I mean, you were aware of yourself. You were aware of your surroundings. You were oh, aware of, of things. Yeah. You said to your mom, like you said, we're going to the U.S. And so, I was like, oh, okay. so yeah, I mean, okay, that's interesting though that you say that you were you were there for a little bit and then you came over here, but then when you're here, you have an accent, like you said, and then when you're back over there, they don't necessarily totally accept you. You kind of. They you kind say, of stand out to them. They, they say, oh, she's from the U.S. I'm like, no, no, I'm Peruvian, but that's, I live in the U.S. I mean, yeah. That's crazy. That's, yeah. that's, that's really crazy. So, yeah, I, I can see that kind of... Kind of Mentality. Yeah, yeah so, everyone's so like... kind of like identity struggle, just trying to, I don't know, just not just saying, you know, I'm me. Yeah. So why are these, these people are, you know, trying to categorize me saying, oh, no, you're from here, you're from here. And it's kind of like... They're telling me where I'm from. And I'm like, no, I'm, my heart's here, but I live in the U.S. You know, it's yeah. kind of like... Okay, wow. Like well, that. I can identify with that a little bit because I am mixed race. So right. my mom is, uh, she's black and she's mm-hmm. from Mississippi and my dad is white and he's Italian. So mm-hmm. for me, mm. I, can, I can see something because obviously, I don't know, I feel like... Both, both, I have both cultures inside of me as well because right. both of them have kind of their, their unique qualities. Uh-huh. Okay, so for Italian, I learned Italian in high school. I really wanted to do it. So now I can have a conversation in Italian. I can, I can speak Italian with people. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. But if I were to go to Italy, for example, for example, I did go to Italy. I went to Italy two in the summer of 2017 mm-hmm. and I was standing in the line. Some, I was asking, where was I? I was in Pisa, okay, uh-huh. by the Leaning Tower, literally yeah, yeah. right it was right there, and I was in the line to get a ticket for to go in somewhere or something like that. And the girl who was working there talked to me in English, and for me, that's kind of that was kind of annoying because that that was almost like a judgment call because I can speak Italian with you, and so I responded to her in Italian, and then she's like, "Oh, you speak Italian," uh, and so I was kind of like, you know, that doesn't matter. Like you don't yeah. just because you don't look Italian. I mean, you, what's Italian look like? You know, in Peru, same thing. Everyone's like. Either it's a cholo or like a white or my one of my best friends was blonde. The other one is Ch- Asian looking. You know they're all like everywhere. We also have the Afro Peruvians in the south. It's every mixed race, and I'm sure like it- Italians yeah. are like that. Yeah, yeah. Same so way. yeah, and also too. Well, obviously, I feel like in Italy there might there might still be some. Uh, I'm just saying this, but you know people can check me on this, but. I think that there can still be some problems with uh, native Italians and maybe maybe even the older Italians that are living there uh, with people who might not look like the how do I say the um, 
the standard. Yeah, the standard Italian, because the standard Italian would would say mostly is probably at least in the north, maybe center from the from the middle part of Italy up is probably white. Mm -hmm. But then the south, obviously, it's once you tan. go, yeah, more yeah. tan. But for me, they look at you know somebody can look at me and just automatically say, oh, this person, you know, it's not Italian. Yeah, and maybe it's not Italian. yeah, and maybe they think you know I, I'm an immigrant, like I came from Africa or another place because I know that that's also happening as well. Yeah. So it's kind of to me. But it's, here it's we go back. We go back to like the the thing saying like people telling you what you are, who you are, and that's a little. You have to be like, exactly. no, be secure and sure about who you are, and like tell them no, this is what I am, and show it. You know, like yeah, exactly, and you know, wear. with confidence too. And I'm not saying acting like you're confident. I'm just saying be confident, and not. I think it takes time. And for me personally, I would say mm -hmm. that to have to have confidence in myself, it took it took a little while because in high school, I was not. Uh, how would I say this? I did not have a lot of confidence for myself. Uh -huh. you know, I think everyone I in high have, school is like, yeah. Yeah, well, well, some people hide it better than others, I guess. <laughs> but for me, maybe I, maybe I hid it for some reason, but I was always a person that was, I was very, I was very out there. I was set apart. You know, mm -hmm. I, I talked about the Bible, Christianity in class, I debated teachers, stuff like that. And so that automatically sets you apart from everyone else because most people are not doing that. Yeah. In secular high school, they're not doing that. No, they're, they're just following the, yeah, they, they're just doing their own thing. So I know that we're, you know, high school is a place where people all get together is trying to figure out where they are. And even in college, mm -hmm. still the same. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've noticed that. It's still the same. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then it, maybe even in life, it's still the same. Huh. But for sure. uh, the turning point for me was uh, when I finished my freshman year of college out of state, it didn't really work out. Mm. So the turning point for me was... Um, I really needed to know who I was, you know what I mean, my identity. And obviously, I would say that my identity is in Christ. I'm, I'm a Christian, you know, I'm obviously focused on that. And I am who God says I am. God says I'm this, this, and this. So for, and I would, uh, I, that's what I try to live my life by. So mm -hmm. God says I'm a child of God. God says that, you know, he loves me, this and this. So that's how I try to define myself. That's how I define myself. Instead of by what other people say, oh, you're this, you're this, you're this. Right. Because one thing I say is that in the Bible it says, that um, man looks at the outward appearance of a yeah, person. Right? Race is not defined. But yeah, God looks at the heart. And so that's really, at the end of the day, what matters uh, and what matters to me. So the, the other people who say this and that, you know what I mean? I, it's a choice whether mm -hmm. to have them kind of influence you and your behavior and let them define who you are. Right. And I'm doing air quotes right now because that's so ridiculous, right? <laughs> or you can say, nah, you, you think you know who I am. Maybe I don't know about you, but I know who I am and that's it. Because go. people have to check themselves at the end of the day. You're I can only focus on my life, <laughs> on myself, right? Okay. You're talking, but, you're talking a lot about high school. I am. It was... Never want to go, <laughs> <never wanna laughs> go back to... <laughs> so, like, when I first moved here, uh, I didn't finish my high school first year in Peru. I just moved out of nowhere without finishing the, year school, the school year. And my yeah. friends were all sad about it, like I'm telling you. And... Um, I remember moving, it was October 30th here, mm -hmm. and on the 15th, I was already in high school, like my first year, my freshman year, in a new yeah. high school, and because my aunt was like, no, they, they can't lose like a whole year of school, you know, they're already late, might as well just put them in high school already, okay. talking about um, my brother and I. Did you know English at that point? Nope. So there was English teaching? It was wow. ESL. Did you go to ESL? Okay. ESL, so you did, so that kind English, of, did that kind of second language. Oh, for sure. Um, it was weird, man. Uh, I never... I, I still remember my first day of high school. I remember the, this girl uh, taking me around. She didn't even speak Spanish. I didn't even speak Whoa. English. She was, like, showing me how to open a locker. Because, I don't know, in Peru, we don't have lockers. 
and I never did that before and I was like uh, okay and I remember I was late for the first class so I ended up going to the second period class um, it was environmental science I remember and all the ESL kids are in the same class it was like Dominicans or Ecuadorians Polish kids and no none of them spoke English it was like an ESL one class. So, so how did that make you feel? Like, what were your thoughts about that? Did was, you have any? Like, I was so lost, and I felt scared. I felt like, like I was naked, kind of thing. You know, like everyone was like watching me. They know them new. They, it's like, mm. a, I don't know. I felt like very, um, uh, how do you say that? Vulnerable. Very vulnerable. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I don't even know. I can only imagine that. Like, you know, I, I'm who I am, I come here, and now I'm in this class with other people who don't speak English. I feel like that would, for me, at, at least at that time in high school where I was, Freshman year. I would feel, I don't even know, I feel kind of bad about it, to Like, be imagine like, just, just how high school was for you, someone who speaks English, imagine how it was for me. No one would stick to me, like, besides the kids in the ESL class were, who spoke Spanish. And they're all, like, they're all friendly, don't get me wrong. But it was just an, it was just like not my kind of people, you know. At, at the beginning, we're all friendly, this and that, we'll talk and everything. But then I started like noticing, I'm like, ah, oh, maybe not my kind of people, because they're all like loud and festive and everything. But it was just not my thing. Mm. Well, one one thing I can say is that language, I don't know, to make to to have a friend, right? For for my criteria of a friend, for example, I, if I see somebody's cool. You know what I mean? If I see somebody's cool, like you, for mm-hmm. example, I say, okay, maybe, uh, you know, I'll pursue a friendship or something like that. But it's, it has to be more than the language to yeah. me because, for example, we're both speaking English right now. That's not really holding this together. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, no, no. It has, to be, yeah, it has to be more than that. Yeah. And it's the same thing that happened with me and th- those girls uh, that are, like, Dominican. They're all nice and everything because they also were in the same boat that I was, you know. First day of class, they don't know anybody. They only know each other kind of thing. That's why they, like... Uh, got me into the group because they know how it feels like to not speak English and to not be like like with the other people you know yeah. what I mean okay. it was just like it was nice but at the same time I noticed I wasn't learning English if I was still hung out with them okay. so I started hanging out with like the European kids okay. that were in ESL um, I took ESL classes for my first two years in high school and then I moved to regular English Okay. And I thought it was like no, enough. <laughs> like, like learn English already, and that's how I learned English. I was uh, hanging out with the European kids, practicing my English more and more, and just getting used to speaking it. You know, got me open a lot of doors actually. That's cool. That's cool. Wow. I'm just trying to put myself in kind of your shoes, but in Italy instead. That would yeah. be that would be something. That'd be something crazy. I wonder if they have classes for for. <laughs> would they put me in the? I don't know. Italian second put, language. Yeah, I don't know if they put me in that class, but now, nah, but let me just say that, and obviously I'm not trying to say this like, I don't know, looking down on you or anything, but no. when I'm talking with you, the English by, by by now, of course, you know, you can say that oh, you've learned and everything, but it's very it's very good, so right. you have progressed. Oh, for sure. You yeah. have progressed. Yeah, I mean, sure, I so. had my mom and my brother relying on me. You know, my brother didn't speak English. My mom doesn't speak yeah. English still. Um, so it was me like dealing with insurance, rent, uh, like the landlord, uh, with buying anything at the store. You were the one doing it. Yeah, everything, even on the drive-through. My mom's like, wow. no, yeah, it's not my mom. It's me always like That's ordering for. Yeah, I mean, for a kid, fifteen years old, you know, it was like. So that made me wow. like so an adult. <laughs> is there is there a reason 
Do you know the reason why your mom doesn't it, no English? Like, does she does she just not want to know, or no? Is she it, is she, it just like she underst now she understands. You know, being older, it's also not like things, information, a new language doesn't stick to your head as much. Okay. As she was never like a super smart person in school. She's a lovely lady and everything. She's a hard worker, but um, she doesn't like to be very intellectual. She doesn't read. She doesn't like watch TV all the time like it's nothing like you know not putting my mom down or anything she's a really hard worker but it, it she was never like on that uh, determination where she wanted to learn to be better for her kids she just wanted to work so she can afford a house for her, to get out of her sister's house um, for my brother and I to be more comfortable you know so after like three months of living in my aunt's house she got she's been working three months we got a new ha a new house we moved out like after three months I think it was like incredible not a lot of people that I know who have just gotten into a new country um, move out that fast from like a family member's house wow. you know? okay. so she just focused on working 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 and never really learned and the disadvantage that she took it was that um, she works with people who speak the same language so whenever she like wants to speak English it's like, oh, you don't speak English, you just speak Spanish. You know, like, that's why she doesn't learn. Oh, okay. And up to this day, you know, like, she's now taking her citizenship uh, test that I apply for her. And um, what's it called? She's, like, trying to learn the questions. And she's like, I can't believe I still haven't learned English and this and that. It's just, like, hard to learn a whole new language, you know? Living in a whole new country um, where you don't feel comfortable by yourself. She's also been through a lot. Um, with my dad and everything so that like lower her self-esteem and that also has to do a lot of like confidence like oh I'm less than everybody like I don't speak English even worse now you know so that's something that I, I tried to help her out with um, even like last night we were at the movies she didn't understand like much of it but it was like it's my pleasure to help her out you know it, and make her happy and understanding a fucking sorry a movie just uh, just the little things you know it, it makes her feel better and buying her things don't make her happy but like me translating a movie for her makes her happy kind of thing so that's like a different kind of <clears throat> approach um, okay. to my mom interesting okay so <clears throat> I wanna okay so I, I wanna go back to what you're saying before so you said that you you kind of filled out uh, you were helping her out with your mom with the citizenship test right yeah and then obviously also with raising your brother am i correct um well my brother's two years younger than me okay, not so, raising him but like okay getting more into because looking after him is looking that, after is that him, okay? yeah um i always felt like he he's always looking up to me but i also had set the bar really high for him which is also like a a downside for my success if you win between like you know um he's always told me like you do this you do that my mom is happy with you but like she always picks that for me too and for me it's hard because he's not as um into like faking something or he's not how do you say this um He's just like not determined, if you want to call it. He's not determined, okay. And we're, talk, we're talking, we're kind of talking about yeah. determination. That's what we're trying to trying to get to here, okay. He, he, he wants to do things, but um, he's lacking enough motivation. He's lacking enough um, self-security. He, he doesn't feel safe about himself and everything. I don't know. He's just starting to find himself, you know. It's tough. He was younger when we first came here. Um, he wasn't as lucky as me um, to find friends, you know, because... 
when I first got into high school, my cousin, my older cousin, he had left high school. So all his friends stayed in high school, and some of them like knew who, that I was coming in. So they kind of like brought me into the group, too. So I had two groups of friends. I had my ESL friends, and then I had my cousin's friends who were in the same high school as me. So my brother wasn't that lucky to uh, get involved in a group or anything like that. And that's why he's like, maybe feels less than me because I, I don't know, like you're just not as developed mentally, I guess. I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where it yeah, is. Well, well, one thing that I can say is that, I mean, at the end of the day, I think that people have their own, people have their own life paths. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And, and hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, God changes the person. Hopefully, like you said, they get motivation to, you know, do to do things and I'm sure that of course your brother um, has passions or maybe there are some passions oh, yeah. that he has not really maybe discovered, even discovered yeah. discovered yet mm-hmm. and and maybe that's the same for for us as well but at the end of the day yeah I hope that you know maturing and this and that that happens over time yeah and what I can say is that if from from what you've been telling me it seems like your life has not been the easiest at certain points and I would I mean. say and you know obviously your reaction to that is kind of like you know like you know you were in boxing because ah here, you know, like, you know, tries to, you know, life tries to punch you and then you give it a little, you know, you give it a jab back or something I mean, like that. It has to be like that. If not, who else is going to, you know, my, when I moved to California, I did a, this internship that I was telling you about. Um, it was three months that I was out of my house. At first, I didn't want to do it because I didn't want to leave my mom and my brother alone. Oh, well, my stepdad, who came like two years after, uh, two years ago, actually. Um, but it was different because... I, my mom and my brother always rely on me to do everything for them, paperwork-wise, you know, insurance, everything, applications for college, uh, FAFSA. Um, I learn it all on my own. Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot, yeah. And then for me to do it for my brother and applications for everything, we were just, like, actually moving out of our uh, the house that we were renting. So we were looking. they were looking while I was in California. They were looking, the two of them, for a new house. They did not find anything. They uh, try. They try to apply different things. It did not work out. Uh, they found a broker, whatever. They tried to get so much money out of them, whatever. I was like, no, just wait for me to come back and I'll do it. Okay. I came back. We found a house without a broker, low um, payments, and it was like perfect. You know, I think like they. That's why they rely on me because I fixed everything for them, okay. and I make it hard on my brother too because he's getting older, and I don't want him. I want him to be more independent. You know, I feel like my mom and my brother depend on me so much that I it, make, it ties me back home too much. That's oh, like okay. the only thing. Well, one thing that I say is that uh, depending depending on, and this is my opinion, of course, based on the the uh, very limited the limited knowledge that I have of your your life. <laughs> like, let me just say that. So, but I relate this kind of to soccer. For example, if we talk about. Um, we talk about Barcelona, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, Messi is a pivotal player of... A lot of people know about Messi. Messi is a pivotal player of that team. Yeah. An argument can be made maybe that sometimes when he's not playing, the team doesn't play as well. Mm-hmm. But when he is playing, changes the game. The man is a guy that probably can win a game for you, can mm-hmm. score multiple goals in the game, all this stuff. And he's proven that time and time again. But the thing is that when he's not there... The question is, when he's not there in the future, how is the team going to how is the team going to react to that? Mm-hmm. And in the same way, when you because of like you said, you kind of feel like you're tied back or whatever. You're not going to be staying at home with them forever, right? right? Yeah. So when you go, my question my question is, and obviously, look, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to um, how is it 
hold, I'm not trying to just say, you know, get your stuff together now, whatever. I'm just asking this question. When you go, mm-hmm. I wonder how they will react because you have been doing so much yeah. for, for them, for yourself and everything. So even though that your mom, you, you say your mom is there, I feel like you are, you are also a parental figure in the house. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like no I said, way. my thing is how, how will they react to that? And I know that you said that you're trying to have your brother become more mature and you know since he's only what two years younger than you yeah he's 22 he should be more mature i mean he does stuff it's just like he needs a little push you know and so does my mom and she got used to and um used to the excuse of saying that she doesn't speak english you know to to for me to do everything for her um when it's not like that it shouldn't be like that they got comfortable with me doing it at the beginning it was okay but like once i leave they're gonna figure it out by their own, you know. They they have no option. That's when you um you transform, you accommodate to like the environment that you're in, and that's something that I've done too in my in my life, you know. Uh, a new a new country, new environment, you adapt. So I want them to adapt, for me yeah. not being there anymore. That's, yeah. that's something I'm working on, little by little, you know, like doing less and less for them. Okay. And that's, I mean, eventually I move out and. Mm either <laughs> okay very good. And, and let me just say there's nothing like a, a true test you know being uncomfortable for you to really have to make the choice to either fight back and really start doing things and start you know making a strategy and mm-hmm. goals and trying to make a plan for your life or just say nah I'm gonna let life knock me down just stay down because you have to you have to make that decision yeah either yeah, way and hopefully everyone who's listening to the podcast you and me your family my family everyone they choose the first thing which is to fight back yeah. Because at the end of the day, you know, what I mean, life life is like that. That's what you've learned, I'm sure. That's what I've learned recently. Yeah. Some stuff is just gonna happen. You know, what you makes know a mean? difference. I was just listening to a podcast the other day about like wealthy women from the Wall Street, and it, one of them is like um, Barbara Corcoran. Yeah. She, how successful she is with the Shark Tank and everything, mm-hmm. and Corcoran Corporation and everything. Um, she was saying what makes her who she is today is like how life has knocked her down so many times but it's how quickly you back get back on you know that's what makes you different that's what makes you uh, stand out of from the crowd like you can uh, get into a business and it'll be a failure and if you you say okay I'm not I'm not, I'm not investing anymore because I don't want to and you're gonna get on the floor like you say you have to get back up and do and punch back that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. And oh, you're, you're singing to my ear right now. That, that's what I'm saying <laughs> you're doing because what you're saying is good. And you know what? The things that you're saying, I feel like it's not just coming from here. It's coming from here. And at the end of the day, for people to truly, you know, make waves in this world and stand out, you have to do things that other people are not doing. Right. You have to add. But also, too, it starts with the work that not everyone sees, maybe. You know what I mean? The choices that you make. Um, the the practice that you put in, the time that you put in to yeah, pursue your goal, yeah. and that's not going to always be seen by everyone. The result can maybe be seen by everyone, but also too, there's a lot of other stuff behind the scenes that needs to be uh, panned out, ironed out here. So you know, Lots. what I mean, yes. And and listen, I just want to say, from what I see now, you are you know you've you've moved up, you know you're doing things, um, and we'll get to that very soon. But you're doing things, and what you're saying, I feel like you're on a great track to being much more hopefully much more successful than you are now uh, and, and also too I hope that I'll be much more successful than I'm now too that, that I'm not too so that you, that's what we're hoping you're on the path alright it takes time it takes a lot lots of work into it it's where you're on the right track yeah yeah, yeah. gotta gotta get back up gotta get back up and, uh, <laughs>
Yeah, I, that's the only thing I can say. Uh, but yeah, so wow, we, we learned a lot about the background story. And before we moved on, and before we move on, I just want to I just want to highlight again, at least for me, I just want to tell you how how I'm thinking about what you said to me about you know you take care, you know you're doing all these things for your family. That's a lot of things. That that's growing up. That's mature. You have to mature pretty fast to do these things. Yes. And you, you, like you said, you have to adapt to your environment and how things are changing in your life. So that is something. And on top of that, too, your dad is not there in the U.S. with you. He's back in, in Peru. Peru. Yeah. And so to see him, you have to visit him. Mm-hmm. You have to take a plane to go over there. Mm-hmm. So that also added in there, that just seems like a lot. And that seems like... You have definitely gone through a lot, and I'm looking at you, I'm like saying, you know, that's, that's a lot. Wow, so, wow. Just, just It just makes me who I am, you know. That's, I, I like to think that I'm a strong, independent person. That's how I see you. You know, I like to, I'd like to say and see myself as that, as an example for younger uh, girls who are out there, you know, like working their butt off and studying and doing everything that they could uh, so they can be a better person you know, in the future, because and nothing was handed to me. Even my dad, when he grew up with money, um, and, you know, he turned out not as a good person that he is, or, like, successful. Um, so he, when I asked him once, you know, this is in the U.S., I asked him, like, when I first got my, my car, I was like, can you help me with, like, the insurance? Because I never asked for money. I never asked him for money or anything. He's like, no, I want you to learn uh, to earn your own money. I don't want to hand it to you. you. It'll be a better lesson in your life. You'll see. And I hung up on him. I was so mad because it was not fair, you know. It's not fair that I have to work for my own things. And at the beginning, this is like when I was 17, I still work for my own things ever since then. Um, but he had the, the advantage to, like, be handed everything to him. Even up t- until now, my grandpa still gets money for everything. So that was like the only thing that I resent about my dad, but at the same time, it made me who I am today. My mom also worked so hard that she couldn't like give me hair. It was a hundred dollars for for you to spend in the week. I was like buying my own things um, because I, it was like a, a pride thing, you know, that I developed. Um, I was like, mom, I can, I'm working now. I can pay for phones. I can pay for your phone. I can pay for this and that. But at the same time, I like look at my paycheck. I'm like, eh, it's not gonna be as much as I thought. I guess um, I can pay for my phone, and then you pay for yours, and then my brother can pay for his, and then that's that's how I started. You know, like like a pride thing, and then how uh, being independent started. You know, well, I think I hope. Uh, my mom sees me as independent, but I mean, I'm still living at home. She sees, uh, she cooks for me sometimes. You know, I, I barely eat at home. I always eat at the club, like oh, at the country do? club, at the uh, country okay. club that I work at. Uh. Um, um, or not, if not, I'm going outside, uh, out to eat or something like that. You know, like I, it's pretty independent. Okay. <laughs> but, but going out to eat costs a lot. That's what. Yeah. That's what. That's what I found when out. You pay, I mean, when you pay. When you pay. When you pay. <laughs> if you are paying, then it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I've been going there recently, I think the last times I went to Chipotle, I was like, you know, I was just getting yeah, some Yeah, it's just better to eat at home. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it saves money too, and it's healthier. You know, and you, you lose know so much in. weight. Oh my God. I got into the stage of my life where I was always eating now when I was in college, and I gained like 30 pounds. I lost 20 now, but I'm like, I feel better about myself, and it also like healthier, you know, it's uh, something. 
Yeah, I you know what you you know what you're cooking. You know what's going to your food. You're not yeah. like, oh, I don't know if this is good for me or not, organic or not. Yeah, be, being lazy is not an option for me. I have to to get things done. If, even if it's cooking or going out to like buy ingredients, it's something. It's whatever. Being independent. I mean, you're laying the groundwork for the future when, of course, you you'll be away and you're doing you know doing your own things, you'll be living on your own and all that, so there you go, (laughs) there you go, already doing it. Okay, so we got that that out of the way, great, that was great, and that's natural, what we just talked about was pretty cool, but now I want to talk about work. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, we both work at the same country club, Mm -hmm. right? And when I first met you, you were working as a waitress, I was a waiter, we were doing this, Uh, but now, you're not, and now... (laughs) You're at a higher position, which is good. So, can you like detail what what is your official title? Because I never heard <laughs> never that. <know. laughs> I met no one has ever either. I haven't heard it, or I haven't been listening or something. But I have not heard it. And, uh-huh. and how did, how did that come about? Sure. Uh, I'm currently the banquet manager in events uh, at okay. the country club. Mm-hmm. So when I started there, I started as a food and beverage intern. Okay. In quotes because it never was an internship. Um, going back to my degree, I always wanted to stay in the same field that I study, um, which is hospitality management. Um, I now have a bachelor's in science and master's in science in hospitality management, combined degree that I, you, okay. I was telling you about. Um, a lot of work, I, I'm sure. Yeah, I did it like in five years uh, instead of six. I thought I saw it as an opportunity because I didn't have to pay for two extra years of master's. You know, graduate school was like super expensive. So, as long as I took uh, my undergrad classes in the fifth year while taking the graduate classes, I still got financial aid. So that's that was one way to get it, my master's for free, pretty much. You know, still getting financial aid. But yeah, so I I started working at, at the country club um, as a server, and then I was like, I don't. This is not for me. And the next year when I came back, I was like, oh, I don't know if I should still do it. And I got bored, so I went up to Rose, who was the events um, director. And I was like, hey, if you need any help with any events or something, I'm just looking to do something different. You know, I'm always looking to step out of my comfort zone because it becomes addicting. Once you step out once, it becomes addicting. Um, that happened to me in high school, you know, the first time I had to speak up. And then uh, I was like, okay, now what's next? You know, I'm always like, okay, what's next? And that, that was like the moment when she was like, oh, yeah, I mean, if you are very interested, like next Saturday I have a wedding. Um, will you mind being my, my bridal attendant? And Rose was like, this is the moment where she put so much trust in me because, like, you know, leaving a server with your bride who's paying, like, thousands and thousands of dollars for this event. Um it's a lot of trust and it's like a risk, you know? And and she put that risk on me and then I she told me, come in at seven in the morning. I was like, fuck, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, seven in the morning it is. I'm there. I showed up, she told me, she tells me, okay, you do this, you do that. And then she saw that I did it okay, I guess. And then she called me for the next wedding. Um, and I was like, okay, and the next one, and the next one. And even a bar mitzvah, and I was like, Okay, no, she likes me, I guess. But this time, where like there was this wedding for one of our members, I got there at seven in the morning. As a bridal attendant, you know, like you watch over, like you, you set up the breakfast for the bride and her bridesmaids and everything. Um, it's just the the personal 
I still even talk to her up to today uh, when I see her in the dining room. Mrs. Stutter, well, daughter, daughter-in-law, daughter-in-law. Um, you can call it the names. I don't know if you want to put in. Um, but it's like a connection that you make with the bride. And then I guess uh, Rose saw this, and then she saw that I, I was able to handle it. And I stayed up to like 1 in the morning until the party ended. So I was the first there, the first one there and the last one to leave. And then the next day I had to work again um, serving. So I thought it was like, it was a sacrifice, uh, you know, like the long hours. Um, the ti- I was tired the whole day, but I was also like, my body wasn't tired, nor my mind. It was just like, I should be tired, but I'm not. You know, it's like, I guess like when you're doing something that you're passionate about, you're not, you don't get tired of it. I mean, you get you get tired eventually, but it wasn't like, oh my God, I'm like, I'm dying right now. I want to go home. You know, I, I was there to do a job and I did it and I finished it and I went home satisfied with my name on it kind of thing. You know, like I put the seal on it. It was like, nice. that's like a pride, like a proud moment for me. You know, every everything I do, every day that I work, I, if I go home unsatisfied, it's because like I didn't do my, my job well. Um, this passion that I have, it's really weird, really weird. No, no I shouldn't be. <laughs> I actually regret going to college for uh, hospitality because I shouldn't, you know, it shouldn't require a degree, you know. It, it's more about passion. I mean, it helps, like, reading about, um, what do you call it, like, uh, uh, management theories and everything, but it, you don't, you don't, you don't learn this in school. You don't learn to be passionate about it in school. You just you just go with it, you know. That's um, that's how I started, and time goes by. I get this internship in California, which is a great internship. It's the hospitality boot camp. In in the club business, I belong to CMAA, which is um, Con- Club Management Association of America. Okay. My school has like a student chapter, so and New Jersey also has one. So we go to conference the world conference where like club management uh, managers from like all over the country even like uh, in in Spain in Canada and Japan they're all like all over there um, we met in this this year was in San Francisco like, the year that I found out about this internship so I dropped my resume they actually called me and I was like okay cool I'm going to San Francisco for three months to do this internship hard work everything whatever this internship was like crazy you know crazy hours um when we were in the city in san francisco there was like nine to five or sometimes nine to ten p.m nine in the morning to ten p.m so the days weren't like set but when we were at the grove there were other um uh facility in the middle of the woods it was like it was like boot camp like it was in the middle of the woods we'll work from 5 30 in the morning for until like 10 11 p.m for six days a week for three weeks so that was the whole event so we worked in the city just to make this event happen so the long hours the the tiredness I got sick um, the friendship you build the relationships you build with the other managers and like the way you treat others and everything made me um, help me like develop the management skills that I have today I guess and that's how I um, at the end of last year uh, Rose told me that I came back she asked me how's everything and then I, I went back to serving at the country club because I needed a job and you know yeah. I was like alright let me try it out let's see if it's I'm still um, good at what I do 
um, while I was serving, I was bartending uh, at a restaurant while still going to school, taking like 15 credits, I think, gradually. All together? Classes. Yeah. Wow, okay. And I, um, I was like, okay, next year I have to do something different. Uh, I can't be stuck in like a line, um, I don't know, like as a waitress for my whole life. Yeah. So I went, after I came back from Peru, because I, like I tell you, I would go every year. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this year I went to Colombia too with my friend. And I get a, while I'm like searching for jobs, updating my my resume and updating my contact list and whatever, my reference list. Uh, I actually applied for this job at this other country club where Rose and Rory had worked there before. So the general manager contacts Rory because he was my main boss at the moment, mm-hmm. asking him how I was and this and that. I guess Rory gave a good recommendation that the guy wanted me in like like really fast. I was supposed to be the dining room manager at this other club, and and I and Roy texts me like, "How's the process going?" and this and that. I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'm actually going for a second interview right now, uh, in like next week or something like that." And he's like, "Okay, good luck or whatever." Then I'm still updating my resume and everything, while I get a phone call from the club, and it's Rose. It's like, "Hey, how are you?" Like this and that. Uh, you probably know this already, but the the other manager left, the banquet manager that we they, they had before. Um, is it okay, like I would like to like offer you the position, this and that? And I was like amazed because I, you know, like I, that's something I was looking for. And I was like, you know what? Let me just stay with the same club. Let me just stay with the same people that I know already. Someone somewhere where I'm comfortable, but not comfortable enough to not step out of my comfort zone to be a manager. You know, like different position. So that was like a, it was perfect. It was perfect timing. It was perfect uh, fitting. Um, it was a perfect moment for my life. Not really, actually, because I was still in school. Um, still hard work. Still hard yeah. Work yeah. yeah. It was, but it was only like a few months. So she made me the offer where like I can work um, hourly, even though I, like or make money hourly because I didn't work hourly. I um, and while well, I'm still in school, and once I graduate, it will become like. Um, salary which it's a nightmare but <laughs> don't worry about that um, and that was the, the the turning point for me I guess for that position for where I am right now um, once you build relationships with people who see you know notice that you work hard that you do your job well that you put your effort and, and your passion into it my heart I put my heart into this club you know I work so many hours a week and I still come back with a smile it's not like uh, like I hate it I'm like dragging yeah there are some days that are harder than others people call out and like have to deal with all this stuff you know stress and it's just like work you know but I've noticed that lately I've been balancing my my life where when I'm at work I'm thinking about work when I'm at home I'm gonna be thinking about where I'm doing next at home you know with my mm-hmm. dog uh, with my family when I see my friends you know that's see balance it's all about balance with me that job okay well well congratulations of course <laughs> I know you moved up a little while ago so it wasn't just recently but super recently but this year yes. yeah yeah but yeah so congratulations on that and now Thanks. <laughs> yeah, you're moving up. So, so outside of, let's just talk about outside of work right now. Mm-hmm. Like, so, recently we just, uh, I talked with you about, you actually went to Mexico recently as yes. well, right? Yes, so, um, yeah, August. Right, okay. And you, how long did you stay? I stayed there for, I 
I think it was ten, a week. Okay. Six days, yeah. Okay, so, so that's, that's something fun that you're doing. And for the podcasting audience, I also want to go travel a lot of places. I actually have some things planned, so that's pretty good. But where, are you planning on going anywhere next? Like where? Um, I'm actually going to New Orleans at the end of the month. At the end of the month? Yeah. For how long? Um, like a few days. Five, I think. Okay, that's Four. cool. Is that for like, uh, you just chilling with friends? Or? Yeah, it's just regular i mean you know big trips for me are uh, bigger than i mean international trips are bigger for me than national trips uh domestic i mean um but i'm going to peru in january again like okay. i said for like three weeks um new orleans uh, i've never been i heard a lot about it and um like i'm i'm looking for right now is like a local experience that's what happened in cancun with my friend and i travel there um we didn't really what do you call it? Like stayed at a at a all inclusive resort, mm-hmm. which is to stay at an Airbnb and like try to experience as much as like the local, local locals be live, you know, and that's a different kind of hospitality that I'm trying to like pursue pursue in it. You, you I think you have more fun when you are, um, in at a non inclusive because you eat better, um, you get to have more fun. It's risk taken. Uh, it's risk. Uh, it's risky, like, but you. I'm always seeking for adventures, you know, even even if it's just like riding the bus, or buying a taco from a seller s- on the street at two a.m. That's that's an adventure for me. Even taking a ferry uh, to an island that you don't know anything about. That's yeah, that, that, that's awesome. And you know, you only have one life, so you know, exactly. you're trying to try to have adventures and do things exactly. That's it. And I don't know if you know this, but what I was just thinking about how God has blessed me, how I've how I've been blessed recently over my life, and after college and after the terrible things that happened there. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, it wasn't very good, but <laughs> I've learned, and you know, I'm moving on. Thank God, but I've skydive like that's one thing that i've done recently now really yes and granted my friend actually and i said this in another podcast an early one but my friend actually paid for me to go he said you know what let's go and i'll pay for you that's what he said and of course <laughs> me being me now and also me not wanting to take up a free skydive it's of a course. skydive but now a free one which is like 200 dollars. yeah well man money has no value that's yeah, something that you learn towards the end you know like uh, towards while you're doing there um, yeah, never say no. Yeah, I'm a no. no. Not I, yeah, no. I, I, I discovered that, like, when I say yes to more things, the, the more fun I have, you know? Even though it might not be, like, as safe as people think, hmm. um, it's not safe to say yes to everything, obviously, but you need to know, like, which one will have the better outcome. If skydiving uh, for free is a better outcome than not doing anything, you know, of course, course you're going to say of yes. Of course it is, of course it is. It's have to be, be about decision, yeah, right, the right decision. Yeah, and that's something I have to learn too because, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have to learn that too. Take more opportunities, maybe say yes to more things and kind of put aside my, my judgment calls of what I think might happen because a lot of times I'm very analytical and I play in my mind everything that can happen with the situation. Mm-hmm. And that happens because I'm not in that situation currently. So I just make up my own mind. How are these people going to act? Will they, I don't know, will they like me? What are we going to do? Anything like that. All different kinds of things like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, maybe just say yes and just say, you know what? Whatever happens, happens. 
if this happens and it's, and it's good, then maybe I'll do it again or whatever. And if not, then whatever. You adapt. Yeah, adapt. If I meet this person and we're cool, then we're cool. If we're not cool, then move on. Yeah, stuff like that, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So that's stuff that I have to I have to learn. So I have to definitely... But yeah, good things. Good things that we're talking about. Yeah. And lastly, since we're just about done... Uh, yeah, it's been, yep, it's 45 minutes, that's what it is. Um, that has been so quick. Yes, um, but you know what, we talked about a lot of things. But before we go, uh, plans for the future. So other than traveling, do you have any plans uh, for the future, any goals? Um, short time, yes. Of course, I have long-term um, goals as well. Um, as of right now, I next year I want to get certified to be a sommelier, which is like the um, wine uh, what do you call it? Expert. Expert, expert. and wine expert. I'm into wine. I like drinking it. I like tasting it. I feel like it will get open more doors for me in Thank my in my career and my hospitality um, environment. Um, next one, I would like to learn a different language. Um, I mean, you you speak to already, so yeah, I, of course, third, don't stop. Don't stop. A third one, why not? You know, like yeah. I never stop. Never stop educating yourself because, like, that's the more you learn, the more you're capable of being open-minded and understanding people, you know, different backgrounds. And it was just, like, makes you a better person, I think. Um, Italian. You should, you should learn Italian. That's, yeah, that's my... You know, that's my... I, I understand Italian, you know. I understand Italian Portuguese. I can't speak it. But um, my... The other... A more challenging one, French. That's the one yeah, I want to learn. Okay. Yeah. I challenge myself constantly, you know. Um, it's hard because I'm... I lose motivation. And I usually get lazy, but like yeah. I told you, lazy being lazy is not an option because I always try to be occupied and always busy. And you can be la- lazy when you are busy, you know, like you have to be. Um, I strive to become more financially stable. That's another goal for me. Um, invest, you know. I don't want to be like one more Hispanic girl who rents homes anymore, you know. Like I want to be... A successful, successful American because I'm American now. I'm a citizen. Doesn't mean I'm not Peruvian. You know, I just want to be different from the rest. I don't want you to like see me, and say, "Oh, she's just put a label on me," kind of thing. You know, I want to make a name for myself. And that's my future for me. That's right now. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> that, that. Hey guys, sorry about that. Um, I got a call just as we were finishing up the recording. <laughs> So, but just I just want to say thank you, Diana, for coming on the podcast, for sharing your story. Uh, a lot of good things that I'm hearing. Keep up what you're doing. Um, yeah, and I hope that things continue to go well for you. Uh, the same for me. Uh, and guys, uh, this is episode seven, Drop Into Life podcast. Um, the mission of this podcast is to interview various people from different backgrounds to share their unique stories and takes on life. This podcast is an extension of my story. This podcast is an extension of your story. This is Drop Into Life Podcast. Thank you, guys. Until episode eight.